natural disasters my baby has been around for me well, 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 I'm seeing a trend. I'm starting to open up with these songs. Listen, we don't own the rights to these songs. I probably need to say that, you know. <laughs> but I uh, want to welcome you to another session of the Before After Podcast. This is Christy Danielle, the talk lady. Man, if you haven't already, please press that subscribe button. Button. I know I got like a country accent probably and yeah, but it's all up. (laughs) So press that subscribe button. You can find us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm telling y'all, listen, let me explain why I chose uh, that song. Well, first off, I love that song. I absolutely love that song. Okay. Um, but the lyric portion of that, I wanted to bring ahead. He said, uh, through drought and famine, you know, uh, ba- ba- my baby's been here for me. Um, and so the title of this segment is called Restoring the Black Woman. And this is a series. So this is part one. <laughs> I don't know when the next time I record it, I have to think because I'm going to be inviting people on. But this is part one. And the title of this session is Restoring the Black Woman. Um I love it because everybody's excited about Juneteenth and, uh, you know, and it it passed and it's an official holiday. We're excited. Um, And so I'm just moving with the culture of society and the people because here's the thing. We need to discuss things that are relevant. And when we talk talk about uh, emotional freedom and things like that, I cannot, me myself being a black woman, okay, I cannot talk about these things without addressing the double whammy of that black women face. Restoring the black woman, part one. You know, um, we're gonna play some clips. We're gonna play some clips, and those will be. Uh, listen, one. I'm a hopeless romantic. I'm just being honest. A bit of self disclosure. One of my little favorite pastimes that I love. I love to celebrate people. Um, I love looking at proposal videos, okay? (laughs) That's like my new favorite hobby. Listen, don't judge me. Thank you for coming to the session. No. Um, Yeah, so I love listening to and watching uh, proposal videos. I watched them so much that I started noticing a trend. So maybe me watching them was had some spiritual significance of something that needed to be brought out and it is it is this i've heard the speeches that black women receive before the man gets down on his knee i've heard the speeches non-black women receive before the man gets down on their knee on their knees and there is a difference that i noticed a very large difference that i noticed um, and it's this, and we're going to play the clips. And one of the things, the theme that I'm hearing for black women is that you get this ring because you earned it. Um, I believe in one of the clips, you'll hear one of the guys actually saying, um, I walked away and you kept chasing after me. 
you you loved me. Now, no offense to this. Listen, I'm I'm happy for every couple. You felt the love in the videos, and you know, but the theme for the black woman to get the proposal was how well she accepted toxicity. Ooh, okay. I think that goes some of my listeners right there. <laughs> uh, today's session will be quick because, like I said, it'll be uh, multiple parts to this. I'll have black men on. I'll have black women on. I'll have non-black men, non-black women on, and we'll discuss these things. Um, but the theme was the black woman had to be a martyr or sacrifice for her to get the ring. But when you listen to the proposals for the non-black women, it it, it was, um, they were, the atmosphere of it was, when I first met you, I knew you were the one. Your value, you're so important to me. The tone of language between black women receiving a proposal and the non-black women receiving the proposal. And when I say non-black, I'm basically saying there were, uh, I watched proposals of white women, Mexican, I mean, other, listen, uh, so I'm saying non-black, I'm including all of that. The non-black proposals were, I value you, I need you in my life, Uh, you, uh, your, your self-esteem is beautiful, you know, things like that. But when the non, I mean, when the black women received proposals, it was, I didn't want you, but you still wanted me. That that was the thing. You, you know, you proved to me that you earned this. So it was as if the black, uh, black women have to live up to this certain standard before she it's worthy of receiving love oh my goodness and this is not a stretch because I saw multiple now hear me out there were other videos where black women did and the man did get down and said I love you you know I want to see us work together I did see those videos but majority a lot of them uh, did center around the black woman having to earn love it wasn't freely given and I, and I think that's something that is definitely needed to be uh, talked about in the sessions. Why? Because uh, I have a large African-American female population that I see. And listen, systemic workplace oppression is the number one thing. And I'm talking about these clients, okay? They top-notch, high up. I mean, it is like, woo, girl, you go. But it, black women are the double minority. What do I mean by that? Not only are we a minority because, you know, because we are black, we're also a minority because we're women. So that's double. And so the black woman uh, has to work very hard just to receive respect from the black man and to receive respect from uh, society in general but it's the black female dollar that gets stuff moving uh, you know, I'm just being honest so I, I also what comes to mind as I'm talking about this see this I'm, I'm not just talking out of opinion um, so in my sociocultural class when I was receiving my counseling degree um, we had to do cultural projects in counseling 
of course. And I decided it had to be the Holy Ghost that had me do this because I wasn't even thinking of this. And so I teamed up with a white woman and I said, how about you ask 100, not 100, look at family few coming in my mind, <laughs> but how about you ask multiple random white women, not just women, you, white women you know, but white women randomly in the store, if there were questions that you wanted to ask a black woman, what would they be? And so she asked a white woman, she, white woman, she went and she developed, gathered questions. And then my portion was, I had to go to black women, random and black women that I know, and I developed questions that they wanted to ask a white woman. I'm to, listen, I'm going to try to, I don't know where she is, my partner in this class. I'm going to find her. Maybe I should invite her on the show because I'm not lying. Some of the questions were, uh, not all of them were like whoo so some of uh the questions that were from the white women this was in 2019 hello it's 2021 it's in 2019 some of the questions from the white women were why are your palms so white yes they could have asked any question to a black woman this is what they asked y'all I'm, I'm being so serious why are your palms so white? Why do you take the term blue gums offensive? Why do you wear your hair like that? Um, the questions, uh, uh, why don't your children's, fa uh, children's fathers take care of uh, the children? Um, why is it, why does it seem as, why is it offensive when other black people get college degrees? <gasps> Right? I, I kid you not. I will bring her on the show. I'm going to find her. Okay. And, but, um, one of, uh, some of the questions, uh, oh, they also ask, why are big butts so important? They ask these things. Okay. Um, the questions from the black women were, what did you think about Michelle Obama? The questions from the black women uh, were, what is your view of systemic oppression? What is your view of the crime, uh, black men and women going to jail? What is your view or thoughts um, on, oh my gosh, I believe it was uh, about affirmative action. Um, you know, so the questions were very different. Now, something my professor called out was that, you know, this is very interesting because white women said, why do you look? Black women said, what do you think? He said, so this shows a, an indirect subconscious breakdown between the black woman and society. And, and, and he said, a lot of black women are still it's subconsciously because through media and things, he said, are still trained to think you're lower than. He said, for, and he, this is the example my professor, white guy, this is the example he gave. He said, if I cared about what you thought, I'm gonna ask, if, if I hold you to some type of higher standard or some type of thing, I'm gonna ask, what are your thoughts, right? We care about the thoughts of people we value or we care about the thoughts of, of, what? Because if I don't care about you, I'm like I don't care what you think. Whatever. 
And when I say I don't care about you, and it's it, it's in the sense of when we talk about in this position, in this topic, because I am always viewed as lower, I am very curious about your thought process. White women did not ask the question, what do you think? They could care less. They said, why do you look? So it was a subconscious view of the white women that they view black women like animals in the zoo. He said this, okay, not me, okay, I should find him, bring him on the show. And I thought that, and that's what came to mind. I, st- I wish I still had access to uh, my school account and I'm gonna try to log in <laughs> because I, I need to find these questions. Um, I'm, and so my answer, like, you know, to like for instance, black women, hair is important because that's the crown, like it's our glory. It expresses our emotions. You know, in slavery days, they braided pathways and maps in the hair. I mean, hair is like black woman's glory, okay? (laughs) And, but, so they were so interested in why do you look? I mean, even the question of why is it offensive when other black people go to college? What? (laughs) You know? So black women are always looked down upon, you know, but that's because I call it the double minority, okay? And this is so powerful, and it relates to the topic of why I brought in the song, because of that particular lyric. Uh, and of course, in love, we, we want to marry someone that is loyal, and you know, that is a quality of marriage that we need to look for. But the black woman deserves love should deserve love not based upon how how much toxicity she can accept and I, I feel that it is so important so we're going to play the clips uh you'll hear them and then we'll pick back up the conversation uh sometime in the future but uh, listen if you have comments or questions about this please email me before after counseling at gmail.com uh you can message me on uh, my social media, uh, the underscore talk lady, Christy Danielle. Um, If you have questions or comments, if you disagree, agree, this is healthy conversation, but it, it needs to be talked about because restoring the black woman is very important for the moving of society. So I, I just wanted to open up with this topic and I would be so interested in hearing what are your thoughts and I mentioned in some previous sessions uh, you're going to hear me repeat a lot of things I mentioned in previous sessions about that generational trauma um, how trauma um, trauma can travel It, it has been traced back as far as 14 generations and so can you imagine feeling the lowest of low in society and that being traveled down in your bloodline and and so now here you are present day listening to this podcast and 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 you're realizing some of the times I'm waking up and I'm anxious and I don't know why that might be my ancestors talking to me meaning meaning through the generational trauma okay the the anxiety response some of the thought those things can be passed down it has spiritual significance as well. So um, restoring the black woman is very necessary because 
we need assistance and we need love from not only black men, but from society. I saw a TikTok and I truly believe it. Uh, as you can see, I'm becoming a fan of TikTok, okay? I was on there, follow me on TikTok, the talk lady. Um, but I was on there and uh, you've probably seen this one before, but she said uh, the, the trend was, what is something that people glorify, but it's really toxic? She said, being the strong black woman. She said, that's not what I want, it's played out. So black women, uh, we respond out of independence, but I, I heard someone say this, and this is so true. Independence is a traumatic response because I have been, listen, my children were taken away from me back in slavery days, you know, th uh, things like that. Um, I am seeing people talk down uh, about who I am. Uh, beauty is held to a European standard, but that narrative is changing. Hello, thank you. But but beauty is held to a European standard and, and things like that. And so being the strong black woman is just completely played out. I mean, I want to be vulnerable. I want a space where I can be emotionally safe. I want uh, a space where I can be fragile. But I'm only viewed as as were I'm only viewed worthy and wife material if I am the strong, hard woman. But then those are the same reasons that you leave me and you choose someone else. Okay. I'm speaking very generally. Of course, there are other spe specific things. And now here's the thing. I just want to put this plug. I'm I don't care about interracial dating. I don't care about that. But I am telling you personally, I have heard a lot of black men say, I don't date black women because da 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 da. And I date, you know, non black women because they're more submissive, they're more quiet, this and that, this and that. So society tells us a, a, a good black woman is one who is vocal, one who is strong. But yet when I display that characteristic, you want nothing to do with me. So who am I supposed to be? Who, who am I supposed to be? Oh my goodness, this is a very vulnerable topic for me. So, um, and then of course we know about the bonnet issue with, um, you know, uh, Monique, you know. Uh, me personally, my mother would, whew, <laughs> you know. Uh, I do think there is a difference between bonnets and head wraps. Uh, I, you wouldn't catch me in the grocery store, some in pajama pants and slippers. That's just me. Uh, rollers in my head and stuff. That's just, you know, that's just the way that I was raised. Uh, but I don't think, but I do, I, I do believe though that if non-black women did those things, it would be considered as funny or cute. You see what I'm saying? People will post videos about black women being drunk, dancing, twerking, see this, uh-uh, this ghetto. But I've also seen posts of white women laughing drunk because they went to brunch, falling all over the street, but it was viewed as funny. So there is an indirect, uh, uh, underlying subconscious narrative against the black woman. And so now we are in the place as we are healing um, and and a lot of, uh, you know, healers, if you call yourself a healer, 
this is very this topic is very important because you're addressing generational issues within the soul oh my goodness listen I told you this episode was going to be short I'm going to have Martinez play the clips I want you to hear them okay <laughs> and, uh, and, and and a word to black women who are listening I want you to feel free with being vulnerable there is power in vulnerability vulnerability is the new sexy as someone came out and said so there is power and vulnerability there is power in weakness there is power healthy weakness i'm not talking about like pushover but when i say weakness i mean fragility uh being fragile there is power in that you know and and it's okay you can be assertive without being aggressive even though society has told us that we're only acceptable if we're aggressive i can and i put this on my social media um i mean this was about a year or two ago um i was at the office and a white woman walked past me and she pat me on my head and she said you're so cute now you could tell by my personality i'm like Hey, I'm fun. You know, that's just who I... But the, now, I will say, the black woman is, on, is only accepted when she appears non-threatening to the white culture. I will say that, yes. Um, so, but that's just my personality, whatever. So she uh, pat me on my head and she said, you're so cute. And so I became, I was very assertive and I said, you may not touch my hair. You may not pat me on my head. You will not do that. Thank you for respecting my boundaries. How I said it, I think it was even the smile on my face like no I don't even watch it but the smile is just how I address things like I, I you know I didn't that didn't mean anything and she says I thought you were nice <laughs> I thought you were kind so me expressing emotionality the black woman is not allowed to be is not allowed to emote when non-black women emote she's considered a boss lady when black women emote she is considered threatening and immature and ghetto being honest so uh i said no just because i told that like, i said you will just you know i'm not responsible for how you perceive this and she followed me the whole day and finally she came in to the office and she cried and and she told me you know i'm so sorry but it was her saying i'm not like that and but we all know okay hello but all is well she never did it again so and and i think that's a a big issue even with the whole mental health thing um with the uh tennis player uh, player naomi osaka um and that she needed a break from mental health oh this is crazy but the black women are not allowed to seek mental healthiness but it would have been a whole trend and fad if fad you know uh if a non-black woman had done this we support mental health for everybody you know so the narrative needs to change and we need to begin we need to start the process of restoring the black woman she needs to be allowed to be vulnerable to be fragile and to emote this is important listen martinez going to play the clips subscribe i thank you all for hearing me and listening to me I always say this, we address the trauma before the after ever existed. So who were you before the trauma? Until next session. Love you. 
all of these things are still swirling around in my head about the things I've heard. But after listening to him lay it all out on the line and tell me I'm the only one he wants to be with and he's proven it by giving me this ring, I'm able to understand that Jocelyn is for me and that he's ready to be my husband. He's ready to take that big leap. You sure that's what you want to do forever, Jocelyn? Definitely sure this is what I want to do. <laughs> Without sacrifice, there's no success. You sacrificed been there for me all four years. Traveling, being an engineer at TA. You took the sacrifice of leaving your job in Richmond to come be with me and my son, Virginia. And obviously I recommend that now. I appreciate everything you've done for me. I'm a king, not a slave. In fact, you should be kissing my feet. If you love me and my African toes, you will kiss them. What? Do it. No. Do you love me? I do love you, but prove this it. is a way to prove it. Prove it. Richard. Prove it. <laughs> You're putting so much pressure this. on me. Prove it. I love you.